Welcome to Haunting History, the podcast that reaches back into the past for the events that shocked everyone. Tales of true crime, mystery, and the macabre. And when we're lucky, the stories were history and the people who lived it and the paranormal meet. Now who doesn't live a good ghost story, right? Ron, it's Kat. Oh, hi, Kat. How are you? Good. Can you hear me okay? Yeah. Okay, good. Thank you for calling me today. Sorry about this weekend. No, that's quite all right. You had a crazy one. I had a stay-in-bed one. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. That's okay. I feel better now. Okay. We've been going back and forth on email, so we, you know that I, I want to talk about John. I want to know who he was. Right. I also wanted to mention that uh, I met Deb um, about it was about 1970 and through there, and uh, John and Deb were out here, and they uh, they asked me one time to come out to a party that Debbie's sisters were at. So I met some of her sisters also, but um, and the one thing that Debbie and I had in common was we both have epilepsy so I know all about the drugs and you know all that kind of good stuff you do do you are you on the same kind of drugs that she was on did you have to take the dilantin uh, and phenobarbital I'm sorry what about the phenobarbital dilantin she had to take her her prescription was for dilantin and phenobarbital and apparently no yeah no I know all about it I mean, I didn't know, actually, I didn't know that she was epileptic at first. Um, but, uh, but I know, I know about the condition and I know about the drugs that, that you have to take to combat it. So I'm very, I'm very familiar with the, the situation. But, um, I didn't know till, uh, quite a bit later that Debbie had epilepsy or I think it was when, I was one of the, when the paper came out. Oh, so you didn't even know before that? I didn't know she had it. I I knew Debbie, but I didn't know she had it. So you knew you met her before they were even married. Yes. And they were both artists, I understand. Or she was an artist, but yeah. he... well, she she they kind of both were. Uh, but then John was was always into the auto mechanics uh, type of situation. He eventually got uh, a job at the city as a as a maintenance guy. So, but he was always in the cars. So, is that what was where was he working when they went when the when Debbie and the kids went missing? Uh, I believe he was at a dealership uh, in uh, like Thousand Oak, Newbury Park, somewhere out there um, as a. Um, I forget what to call them, but you, you, as a dealership, if you take your car in, you have it set by some guy. He was uh, running the shops uh, at different agencies. Oh, I get it. Oh, so he was he worked. He was a car mechanic. Yes. And um, were you close to them when they were while they were married? Uh, here's the deal. I they moved back to um, Pennsylvania. I think it was about seventy-one, something like that. I, I, I'm not, I'm not concrete with facts and figures in that regard. But so, so they were out of town. I moved up to Lake Tahoe, 
in 74 and 75. They moved back here to L.A. in, I think, 77, 78. So I hadn't seen them. And then the situation happened in 79. Not only had I not seen Deb since I first met her, but I never, ever met the boys. You Oh, you never met your nephews? No. That's... I was at Lake Tahoe. I'm sure you heard about them often, though. Yeah. Oh, no, I knew all about it. When I came back down here in about 80 or 81, it was right afterwards, um, I kind of was heavy into taking on the task of finding out what the heck happened. So do you know what John did? Like, what did he do to find them? Do you know? What did John do? Yeah, did he do anything to try and... Yeah, he started, uh, there was a, um, we had uh, some godparents, God, two, two godmothers, uh, it's a long story in itself, but um, they used to work at CBS, and they they helped us get the word out, <laughs> and um, uh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm forgetting what your question was, well, what did John do? He actually, John started um, the the missing, I, I don't know the acronym, but it's Missing and Exploited Children. Okay. So he so believed he started, that his children didn't go, did he, I guess I, I guess I should start with what John thought happened. Just as, as reported in the police report, uh, in the sheriff's report, he thought that, um, that he, she, she took off. Um, and I'm of the belief, uh, as this story has gotten legged, I, um, my, my first, my first reaction was, of course, John had nothing to do with it, because uh, he's my brother, and I, right. you know, we're, we're blood, and I understand that. Um, but over the years, uh, I just, just chose to discount everything, not believe anybody, and just stay with the facts. And it's been a long, long, difficult road because nothing, nothing has been proven one way or the other. And that's the way it's been for a long time. And I feel like that's how it still is. It, it, it remains that way. And this phone conversation is it's not going to gain me anything. I'm just hoping that the, the Debbie's, um, side of the family gets at least a word from the Kidwell side. Yeah. I, did you guys ever talk back in 1979, your family and the Kidwell family? We are the Kidwell family. I'm sorry, the Kidwell family and the Cronin family. Did you guys, sorry about that. Oh, the Cronin, I'm sorry. No, excuse me, no, but John uh, was in contact with the mother and there was a period of time where um, I pretty much threw up my hands because I was getting I, I was getting absolutely nowhere. Um, I talked to a guy, the original guy on him was a detective back then. He retired. I then talked to a guy named Sergeant Fadler. He retired. The third guy I talked to was Sergeant Bustillos. And, and after that, it, it just seemed the case was old. It was not getting, there was no traction. And it wasn't, there were no new, excuse me, no new leads anywhere. So 
I kind of had it up to here, but what I did, um, I was going to make a trip out to, to, uh, and Debbie's mom's house to try to see, cause I had, I was of the firm belief that she, Debbie was out there somewhere. And the detective, uh, the, uh, investigator that I was talking with said, you know, Ron, you're wasting your time. You can go ahead and do it. But so many, uh, people out there on Pennsylvania, she could be anywhere if she is there at all. And after so many years go by, um, Debbie was the kind of gal that, that you just, when you met her, you liked her. She just, Are you okay? Uh, sorry. No, that's okay. Uh, yeah, I didn't think this thing would go sideways, but wow. Um, I, I lost, I lost my place. It's okay. They, I heard they were both. Everyone speaks very highly of both of them, that Debbie loved John, and John was devoted to her and those boys. They were smitten with each other. And I have no idea how they were with the boys, because I never saw them with them. Right. But, they, but John talked about, he talked about Debbie also, but he talked about the boys constantly, and I wonder what they'd be doing now. And in the beginning, it was kind of tough on Father's Day. To, to have um, a get together because you know here he is without their boys and it, it was tough. So he, the things that he did to find them was he used the television connection and missing and exploited children. That's how he went about trying to find them. Oh, he, I, I no, he started that. Um, God, the, the exploited children thing, uh, and beyond that, oh, he gave me, uh, well, that's what I was going to tell you. He gave me, um, Ann's number because, um, I called up Ann at some point. I don't know what, what year it was. And it was a pretty brief conversation because she was just, I explained who I was and why I was calling. And basically I was still calling for Debbie. And, um, and she was very short with me, which I understood. I, I got it. I was totally aware of what was going on. But I was, at my wit's end, I, I was trying anything. I, as a matter of fact, went to two psychics, and I am not a psychic guy. I don't believe in psychics. I think they're a bunch of gypsies who just prey on the, you know, on people in despair. So I, I don't believe it, but I felt I got, I'm running out of options. So I tried them and they didn't pan out and it just confirmed what I already knew that, <laughs> that they weren't to be believed. But anyway, I, I would just try and everything in my power to try to find anything, but to no avail. Did you guys, uh, the, Debbie's family had always heard that your family hired a private investigator. I, well, I talked to one, and he ran, what he did was he ran, 
the social social security numbers on the boys, as well as Debbie. He ran she he ran the her um, her uh, driver's license, all the all the normal stuff that the layman can't do, but he could. And he also checked on um, the twin boys starting school at age six or seven and uh nothing ever panned out and it was just a, it was a constant dead end and it was just a vicious cycle and it got so frustrating do you remember when that was that you had that private investigator do that uh i would say between um between uh roughly 1985 to 90 to 90. I don't know. It, it, it's kind of tough. I, I wasn't really keeping track of no, what he was okay. doing it, but it was uh, it was after years of running into nothing. So I, I I can't really put an exact date on it. And John really believed that she ran off with someone, or that she joined. Well, that's, that's that's the story he gave. Um, knowing Debbie, now granted, I, I didn't know her extremely well, but what I saw of her, I, I and what I knew of her and about her family, she spoke about her family. She didn't say, my family's fantastic, they're great, but she did intimate certain things like, well, that's just like what my family would think, or she, she would mention her family fondly. So, I knew that that was <laughs> close to her family. I didn't know it was going to affect me either. I know. I'm sorry. Anyway, um, so I, knew, I knew she was tight with her family, and I can't for a second think that she would have taken off. I didn't. I I didn't know, but. It just doesn't. It just doesn't pan out. It doesn't make sense. Why would a, 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 a an attractive twenty six year old woman, a young thing with two kids, how did she take off? I I just don't. John always thought that she took off with someone, or that she joined like a religious group or something. He he believed well, that she a, left with a man. There were just so many things that came up that, on the face of it, was kind of bizarre. But you know, you, you just don't. At the time, you don't know because it was just a freak thing. And but you believe that your brother had nothing to do with their disappearance. Well, I I can't say that hundred um, percent. You know, you look the the polygraph thing that he passed. You know, the person fails a polygraph, people think, or they tend to think, which I think justifiably so, that the person's guilty or had something to do with whatever it was. But if they pass, it seems like it's, it's, it's discarded, it's no big deal. But if it's no big deal, then why, <clears throat> why then do all these law enforcement agencies, why is the government, why does in, in, intelligence agencies, this FBI, the CIA, why do they all use them? There's like two and a half million polygraphs that we given last year, and it just shows one thing. Why do they use it? Because it indicates like 
there's a probability of either truth or deception. So he passed it, and, and it's tough. I, you know, I couldn't understand that Conan's thinking, well, that doesn't mean anything because he passed. I, I, I get it. I understand. But I think the levels of either one should go, if they go either way, should be uh, lulled accordingly. I honestly believe the fact that he even took it, because I would think that back in 1979, 1980, any person would be afraid to take a polygraph test if they knew they were lying. People are more savvy about what, what that's going on. Not that they can beat it all the time, but it, I think they're more aware that they could. Now, but not back in 1980, for sure. No, 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 absolutely not. And then... And you asked you asked if John had ever remarried, or did did you want to? Yeah, I want to know: Did he ever get married again? No, he never never remarried, and um, our family always asked him, John, look, if you if there's someone you're seeing, bring it over, because <clears throat> he would always come over for Thanksgiving and Christmas and all the holidays and stuff, and he was our our pie guy. We we relied on him to bring all the pies and. The kids were always look forward to. I I enjoyed the pies more than they did, but John was our pie guy. He always brought the pies. That's what he was known for. But he never remarried. And uh, Ben and I had a discussion one time at his house because he and I would either go out to breakfast, lunch, or dinner. And he would always he state that there wasn't anybody, but there was a period of about a year where he was at least seen somebody but that ended and then that was the end of that and we never in 30 years after the disappearance in 1979 I never saw another woman I never got a sense that there was another woman um, there were just no indications there was anybody and I ne- just never quite understood all that in his suicide note the end of it he says if my boys show up, tell them I'm not who Debbie said I was. Do you know what he meant by that? What do you what did he think that Debbie would have told them? I the only thing I can come up with that makes sense is that for a while there John was doing some drugs, some heavy duty. He was in the heroin. And I, that's the only thing that makes sense at that time. Tell him who I was or it's the only thing I mean there's probably a myriad of, of possibilities, but that's the only one that makes sense to me. He got himself cleaned up, he got himself a city job, and he he went, he was a great worker from what I understood. But at the time, that's the only thing that makes sense to me. I don't... It's so hard to understand what... this whole thing is the not knowing for both families. No, I agree. 
And to know that Debbie wasn't the type of person to destroy her family by leaving and that we know that she adored John. And then, like, it's... I feel like no matter which way I turn, there's no answer. And and I don't see an answer coming soon, if at all. But he did believe that... He believed 100% that his boys lived past 1979. That the boys did what past 1979? Lived past 1979. That his boys were still alive. For a while he thinks that all three did. But people are are saying that they they don't suspect Debbie did. But I I don't quite, I don't buy into that. I mean, anything's possible, of course, and we certainly don't know. But if, if Debbie passed, uh, where are the two boys? Where, I don't see any evidence of them showing up. And it's just a shame. It's a shame. At one point, he told the police that he thought that Debbie was being held against her will. Do you know anything about that? I, I heard about that, but I don't know. I, I don't know anything about that. Did you know Frank and Marlene Rocco? No, I know the name, though, because um, I remember seeing there in the phone after John um, John's suicide, um, I had to clean up the mess. Well, I am, I mean, that doesn't sound right. I had to clean up John's stuff and take care of the house and stuff. And I found a phone book, and I called everybody in the phone book because I figured whoever he knew, how are they going to find out unless I tell them? So I called up everybody, but I remember the names were, were, uh, they were written in and, um, and this is why I remember their names. They were written in and gone over. In other words, they were highlighted. Oh, in their, in so the address book. So their names were, were prevalent. I, I, I assumed. Did you, did you get to speak to them or were they no longer around? Um, I honestly don't remember. I called up a lot of people and I don't know. I can't say I spoke to this person or that person. I, I just don't know. Did John have pictures of Debbie and the boys in his house when you cleared out his house? Did Debbie, did John have what? Pictures, pictures of Debbie and the boys. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, pictures and paintings and a lot of Debbie's, uh, writings. What happened to all that stuff? Uh, you know, I was hoping you wouldn't ask me that because I honestly don't know. Um, I I know I talked a lot of stuff. To, there was some stuff of Debbie's clothes. Um, I was speaking of the psychics. They asked me to bring an article of clothing and John gave me her a boot of Debbie's and, and that's why I remember the boot. But, um, yeah, yeah, I didn't... Uh, um, I, beyond that, um, I saw nothing. I went through his computer. I figured I'll find out some information. Any, I don't care how good or different. I got to find out something. And there was nothing that led me to believe that, that, that things went south, things went sour. I, I don't know what happened, nor do I pretend to know. And I'll, ne- I'll probably ever, never know. But it was, like I say, the whole thing is just, just 
something else. Been that, you know, you've been doing this for two months, a couple of months. Yeah. And you've been you've been going back and forth when you hear evidence come in or somebody has a a, a thing that they say that you just find out. Well, I've been waffling on this thing for forty years, and it just it's you know it's frustrating. So when you when you cleared out his home after he passed away. You didn't find pictures yeah. of Debbie and the boys in his house, or you did? Uh, I didn't hear. I didn't find what. When you cleaned out his house, did yeah. you find any pictures or anything of Debbie and the boys in his home that he yeah, lived like in? I'd say I found that. Uh, well, I, you know, I take that back for a second. I don't remember. Oh, there was an old picture that were on a, some huge rock, both Debbie and John, and I assumed it was in Pennsylvania. Um, but the boys weren't in it, so and they were pretty young. So I'm assuming it was before they had the boys. And you don't have that photo uh, anymore. No, I don't. Okay. I do have, like I told you earlier, I've got some photo clippings. I mean, some uh, some um, newspaper clippings, articles that I took pictures of, and I'll email them to you. Yeah, I would love that. Because that was the other question in one of the only newspaper that I have. The detective says in the article that John did not report them missing until five days after they went missing. But the police files say that he dropped her off at the airport on May 4th and reported her missing by the next day. So I'm curious where that five days came from. Do does that make sense to you? Know. I don't know where the five days came in. I also don't know this issue about this uh, insurance policy that came up. I know every bit about this case. Uh, well, I don't know. You know, I know a lot about this case. And this is the first time in 40 years that I've ever heard the situation of a, an insurance policy come up. And I talked to the detectives today, and they said there was no mention of a for, of the insurance uh, insurance policy anywhere. So <clears throat> I don't know where this insurance issue came up, but I think it's a if it if there is an insurance policy, granted nobody cashed in, from what I understand. No, he would have had. That, yeah, he would have had to have her declare. The fact that it was taken out bothers me. If in fact it was. But it, I'm still trying to back that down. it really shouldn't bother you considering that the month before she had a grand mal seizure and could have died then and she had two small children. The fact that she had an insurance policy doesn't mean anything other than it does to me because if, if John took it out two two months before the the disappearance that does not look good. Well, I think uh-huh. that, I don't know. I think it's all circumstantial, to be honest with you. The fact well, that she had a seizure right before that weighs heavily on the fact that there would be a policy for those boys. Then if that were the case, why did, was an insurance policy taken out in, 19, in 1971 when they got married? They didn't yeah. have children yeah. then. Pardon me? They didn't have children yet. I know that my husband and I were married for years and didn't get insurance policies until our children were born. Well, I, I, I just, I, I just, uh, well, it's a possibility. So 
of possibilities. I, every question has three or four answers. Every single know? one of them. They do. <laughs> I have found every that out. Is- well, if... I guess my only... my, I mean, I had so many questions, but I really just wanted to know what he was like after they disappeared and what he thought. He was, he was, he was mellow before. And I, I heard on the, on your uh, podcast where he was kind of, uh, you know, he wasn't a friendly kind of guy. Um, and I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. That's not who John was. He may have felt intimidated by the family. I, I don't know. I don't have an answer for that. No, but, and that's true. And um, she even said that same thing. That it was an, it could have been an afterthought, not necessarily a current thought. Do you know what I mean? I think after they disappeared, you look for things. Because they couldn't say anything about John. They couldn't say anything bad about John. Not one of them could say anything bad about him. But years later, when they're wondering what happens, you start looking for things. And you can't, your mind just wanders. It does, and I'm sure it's the same as it has for you. Well, you know, stuff happens. Um, did you want to know anything about um, his hepatitis and how that occurred? Yeah, I was going to ask that. He committed suicide because of his the hepatitis C, correct? Yeah, and that, the reason that came about, we didn't know. I mean, nobody who used drugs or didn't use drugs didn't know that if you use drugs, it could lay the hepatitis C could could be activated and lay dormant for years. And that's exactly what happened. It lay dormant for over 30 years. And then all of a sudden he started getting sick and and we're wondering what the heck's going on. And come to find out he's got hepatitis C. And so... Number one reason for that was if you use needles, you, that's the number one cause. So John and I, we've gone to, uh, we've gone like it's present tense. We went to um, a couple of different seminars sponsored by UCLA in hopes that we could get him onto a list to get him uh, a liver transplant. And while he was on this list, we were assured at the time that it doesn't look good because of the timing of it, but at least he was on the list anyway. But uh, then on uh, June, I'm sorry, on December 16th of 2008, John gives me a call at work, <clears throat> excuse me, at work, and said, Ron, I'm, I'm sick. And I said, well, what do you mean you're sick? And he says, I I've got blood coming out of my rectum and he's got other stuff and it's weak and he states us on that on the note as well. Um, but I said, well, John, why don't you call up, a, call up somebody, call up an ambulance? And he said, because it's going to take too long to get here. So, it, Ron, I need your help. So I said, John, I'm there. So I hung up the phone and, and ran over to his place and halfway there I called him up and I said, John, just you know, get a name of a doctor, get you guys lined up, get the address, whatever, so I don't have to go through this when I get there. And he said, okay. And we hung up, and I got to his place. The front door was locked. The back door was open. I walk into 
front room and hear John slumped over and oh god he had shot him he had shot himself in the right side of the head and I tried to uh, feel for a pulse there was none but it was still warm and um Oh my, I'm so sorry. He knew you were coming over. Yeah, I know. And that's why I wrote that note. And, um, yeah, so he was gone. And I just stood there and wept like a baby. I can't even imagine. He... He was in the advanced stages, obviously, of hepatitis C, but he'd only had it for like that that year. No, it started years before. Okay. And um, you know, it, 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 all the signs, the telltale signs, were there. He's weak. He couldn't move. He was bleeding. Uh, he had a the big one was a pain in the gut. All those are classic symptoms of... Hepatitis C, advanced uh, stages. Yeah, but the, the liver was shutting down. I can't... I'm so sorry. I, I can't imagine what was going through his brain that he knew that you were on your way. Uh, he just wanted me to come and find him. I, obviously. Days, I guess. Obviously. But... In all this, cat, I gotta say, I've, I've always held out hope that, you know, someday there'd be a, a knock at the front door, and it'd be two, two strapping young men who look like each other, but they're, they're, they're five foot three mom, and I, I, I just, uh, I just lean to her and say, you know, pronounce the word ambulance. And then I'd know. Well, Jocelyn is doing her DNA. Debbie's niece is doing her DNA. And your son Tyler said that he would do his. So if there's any chance that those boys or Deborah have done their DNA, we're going to find them. There's still a chance that we can. No, the chances of finding him through DNA is getting brighter and brighter. The chances of getting answers is falling to the wayside. But DNA, it doesn't lie. If we find someone that's related to Jocelyn, that's related to your son, then we'll know that we found the right people. So there is a chance that we'll find them. But I guess as of right now, the way that I have to end this is is that I have more questions than I have answers, even from the beginning. Welcome to the club. I know. I guess my question is I know that I know that you wavered in your faith and knowing whether your brother was innocent or not. But tell me what kind of person he was, that he was uh, he was actually a a, a a mellow guy. He wasn't a, a zany, uh, off the wall, uh, freak. Um, and he just got more mellow with time, <clears throat> excuse me, with time. Um, I just, I just wish I could have been a fly on the wall at their place. I, 
in May of 79. And you always knew that they, that they cared for each other, that they didn't have yeah, any I'd marital never, problems. I never saw anything other than that. Well, I'm sure I have more questions, but I can't think of them right now. I know that it's, I know that you're. You got my email, you you got my phone number. I'm always open for business. (laughs) And, And your faith in your brother not having anything to do with this, I know that it wavered, but in your heart, you don't believe he had anything to do with their disappearance? In my heart, I, I, I firmly believe that he did not. But I have to say, I, I looked at, I questioned, like I said before, I just questioned everything. You have to. But you can't go through mind like a mindless idiot and say it's only one way. There are all kinds of different ways. But realistically, when it comes down to it, after all this time, knowing John the way I do, and even knowing Deb the way she was, she was a sweetheart of a girl. I just, I just don't think John had anything to do with it. I, I don't. We, I guess, I guess none of us know. At the end no. of the day, none of us know. No, that's unfortunate. I'm sorry if the fact that I did this podcast caused you any, any additional pain. I'm, I didn't. Oh, that I wasn't didn't my intention. I, I wouldn't care if the boys were found or if Debbie was found. It would all be worth it. It would it be nice. Would. Thank you for talking to me and. You said that you'll send me those newspapers. Even if you can just send me a picture of the date in which paper it is, that would help me a lot, too. I, 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 I got a close-up of the date on, on one of them. Okay. If you need the other one, I can get to that, too. But okay. I'll, I'll send them the, to you tomorrow. Okay. And um, this podcast of Just You is going up tomorrow, this episode. Okay. So be sure to listen. And when I think of more questions, I'll email you. And if you think of any of Debbie's stuff that you've, if you found, if you, if you remember, uh, this is my question. How much older are you than, than John? You were his older brother, correct? I'm his older brother by three years. Three years. If you come across anything that maybe you had, that you got out of the house that may have belonged to Deborah or any artwork that they did, will you, will you let me know so we can maybe, Take a picture of it for the Kidwells. I mean, for the Cronins or something. Sure. Oh, okay. I would have thought they would have had a ton of stuff. You know what? But she that, lived in yeah, California. But, they didn't. Oh well, in answer to your question, absolutely, there's no problem there. Okay. I mean, they they barely the pictures that the grandmother had. Um, one of the aunts took, and then her house caught on fire. So they lost even oh. baby pictures of the boys. So. Oh, if you come across anything that you maybe got out of John's house when he passed away, I'm sure they would love to, to know about it. Okay. I, I, I will look. I, I can't guarantee anything, but I will look. Okay. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thanks, Kat. Thank you. Bye. <clears throat> okay. Bye-bye. 40 years has done nothing to diminish the pain and heartache the disappearance of Deborah Lynn, Joshua, and Jackson caused. Please go to the Facebook page, find Deborah Lynn and Sons, and share. And share this podcast. 
Help us find the someone that knows something. Thank you for listening to this episode of Haunting History Podcast. Be sure to like, follow, and comment on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Haunting History Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to all your favorites. Visit our website at hauntinghistorypodcast.com for more information on each episode. Until next time, I'm Kat, and remember, the living are far scarier than any ghost. Thank you.